going on, everybody? So, uh, I might do a couple episodes today. We'll see how that goes. Um, but I figured I'd do another one right now. So, um, I've been thinking a little bit about this, and it's something that I want to kind of help others to do because I think it's very important to learn how to do this, honestly, because the, I think one of the biggest things that I've really become aware of with, with a lot of people is that they don't know how to uh, not need anyone. And this causes problems for them because they don't know how to deal with the problem. And it's kind of one of those things where you you think the answer to your problems is your prayers is like a person like oh if i just fall in love with this one person like oh i'm going to be happy i'm going to be whatever it is but what the the problem that i find with that mindset that understanding is that that's just not going to happen uh for various reasons because you may be happy for a time, but what happens when that person does something that you disagree with, that you don't like, that you, whatever it is, or what happens when they decide that they don't love you anymore, right? Um, and so it's important to learn to become, to uh, find a way to not need anyone. And this is where I think true selfishness comes into play. Um, and we live in this sort of Jesus-like mentality society that tells you, well, actually we have two extremes. We have this sort of Jesus-like mentality, like, oh, be selfless and like all this kind of stuff. Or we have... Like this, which is kind of like what you call stage green slash blue, whatever. Mostly green, blue is kind of like the uh, suppressed version of that, I guess. Um, and then you have kind of like the stage orange version of what selfishness, which is like care about only oneself. You know, it's all about the self, 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 self. Um, Except it's not, it's not really, but we'll, we can get that, into that in a minute. Um, but there's no actual balance of this. And I find that, like, this is one of the things that I find is very, very counterintuitive. Within life and spirituality and things like this. Especially spirituality. Because the answer, the mindset that spirituality has is selflessness. Oh, be selflessness. Be selfless. You know, be loving. Get rid of the ego. Things like this. Um, but I find that that's not actually the right answer. Yeah, that is wrong answer. I mean, it, there are some things we could talk about there, and it's not absolutely incorrect. But I find that it's actually the thing about a lot of that is um, 
in order for that to be true, you actually almost have to learn how to become selfish. Because if you haven't learned how to do that first, and we can get into that in, in deep de detail, but if you haven't learned how to do that first, you won't be able to be selfless in a useful way, assuming that you even be selfless in the first place. Um, and so I think the counterintuitive answer is actually to become selfish. So um, there's some caveats here with some nuances. Because you know, we have this like stigma upon the phrase selfishness. Like, oh, you shouldn't be selfish. Being selfish is bad. Like being selfish is like, um, you know, being show-offy. Like, oh, I, I'm better than you. This kind of thing. <clears throat> like, I don't care about you. I just care about myself. Um, you know, like the stage of orange pickup artist kind of stuff. Like, I don't I don't care about what you want in sex. I'm just going to get what I want and then I'm going to dump you and leave or whatever it is, right? But that's not really selfishness. I mean, it is, but it's not. The thing about a lot of that is that a lot of that is what I'd call stupid selfishness. It's not selfishness with in using intelligence because a lot of that same selfishness is going to backfire because it's not based on like thinking ahead to see the consequences of your selfishness. And so I'd call, if I'd call it anything, I'd call that egocenteredness, egocentric, uh, where it's not about, like, the self. It's about the short-term goals and needs of the ego. See, the true thing about selfishness is that it's not about this, actually. A lot of the things people say are selfish. The things, the thing about a lot of that is, a lot of it is actually based on others. Like, I'm selfish. I want more. I want more money, 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 money. Where am I going to get that money from? Others. You know, I'm selfish. I want, you know, these things, things from others, and so I'm going to guilt trip them into giving me those things or whatever. That's right. It's about others. It's not necessarily even about the self. It's not about becoming even aware of the self. There's a lot of lack of awareness within this kind of egocentredness uh, it's not real selfish um, it's not selfless either but it's not selfish it's more like narcissistic um, in a lot of ways and I think those things are very 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 different and we have to be, be willing to make that distinction between selfishness and, you know, either you could call it either egocentric, egocentrism or narcissism. And there's a reason why I'm making this very deep distinction, because to me, selfishness is not about these things. I mean, it, it can be, but it's not about these things in that, the extreme way that egocentricness is. <laughs> because... A lot of that egocentricness is based on short-term goals, like I said. But to be selfish, to be truly selfish, to be truly self, you know, self-centered could be another word you could use. What you almost have to learn how to do is to realize those consequences before they happen. Uh. That helps the self. It helps you. That's being selfish. Um. 
And selfish people, the egocentric people, have needs. They have deep needs, and they think that the only way they're going to get these needs is by doing these things that they're doing in the first place. That's why this is happening. It's the parasite. It's the it's the wetico nature that we've been talking about in past episodes. And, you know, I haven't really talked about it in a while, but, you know, basically the idea is that within our mind, within the human mind, within the human condition is the, is what you could call a parasite. It's just gulping, gulping, gulping. More, 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 more. It wants more and more and more. You see it right now with the deep stage of orange that we're in in society. Taking over more and more and more of nature's uh, lands. Uh, and it's gotten to be such a problem to where, like, we've literally become an invasive species. And now other species can't, you know, don't have habitats or don't have as many habitats as they did. And so humans and, like, bears, for instance, are coming in contact with each other more and more often, which is causing problems and things like this. Uh, because it's because of this egocentredness. Because it's this need-based reality. Needy versus non-needy reality. Uh, <clears throat> and this is very important. Um, because if you cannot, if you do not learn how to uh, undo or uh, at the very least... Um, decrease the strength of your needs, you're going to be stuck in this problem of self. Either either you're going to be... There's going to be a couple of things that's going to happen, right? In your life because of these. One is you're going to be really selfish. You're going to be very narcissistic because that's the only way you're going to be able to get anything. Number The other thing is going to be... Number two is you're going to be very weak because... No way you're going to get all your needs met because everybody else is getting their needs met. And they're more powerful than you and this kind of thing. Number three, you're going to try to be the alpha male. You're going to be trying to be very powerful. And you're going to try and do all the things that you can to get your needs met. It's going to be very addictive. It's going to be very clingy and needy and this kind of thing. And number four, you can be kind of like the... Uh, uh, you know, there's, there's different levels of this. But... And I'm not saying that, like, needs are absolutely bad, but, like, you um, there's almost this amazing power in not needing to need anything. Not needing to need anyone around you um, and for you to be happy. And the way to do this is selfishness. True selfishness. And I, I don't really use like the word, use the word true like this. True, like, with a capital T, but, like, it is kind of like the way it is, because what what most people call selfishness is what you I would call egocentricness. The ego is kind of like uh, a very vague term to me. There's a very vague de definition around it, but I think of this sort of selfishness that people talk about as. Uh, the ego attempting to get its need met, needs met at all, at all costs and, or keeping itself from fearful events at all costs or whatever it might be. Or maybe not even necessarily at all costs, but 
at a lot of cost, right? Um, and it can take the form of like, oh, I don't want to go out. I don't want to go do too many things because I could, you know, die. I could fail. I could, you know, whatever it is, right? Uh, it could be in the sense of like, oh, I need a partner in my life. So I'm going to go search for it. I'm going to do this and that, whatever it is. Because I think that's going to make me happy. I think that's going to do something for me that it's not going to actually do. But they think that's what it's going to do. <laughs> hey, to burst your bubble on this one, but it's not going to happen. Uh, not for very long, at least. Um, and so I guess we could, we could uh, make the distinction by calling this what I'm calling true self, selfishness. We could call this self-centeredness self-centered uh, because that's what you're doing you're centering back into yourself because the reason why people are selfish is because they don't actually know themselves uh. they don't understand themselves they don't understand what their what their actions are doing to themselves and to others and things like this It's almost like, you could almost think of it this way, like you have a need, and then once the mind notices that need, it has a gut reaction of like, oh, fulfill the need, go, 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 go. And then it goes out into the world and tries to force it, whatever it is. And so what you almost need to learn how to do is to spend time with yourself. And I don't mean spend time, you know, because people spend time alone sometimes and they do things that I wouldn't call spending time with yourself, like watching television, listening to music. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things, but like, that's not necessarily, that's not necessarily going to spend time with you, yourself. What I mean by spend time with yourself, I'm talking about literally taking like, it, it depends on how long you want to spend. But literally taking like, I'd say 30 minutes to an hour. You could do, you could listen to music while you're doing this or whatever. But you you literally have to spend 30 minutes to an hour. Do this like every week or every day or whatever it is we need to do. And just notice what your thoughts are doing. Notice what's happening in your mind, mind and your body and your emotions. And become familiar with yourself. Because the problem is that you haven't actually become aware, become familiar with yourself. Um, you know, you you have to become comfortable with yourself. Actually, most people are uncomfortable with themselves. I've noticed they're uncomfortable with their abilities. They're uncomfortable with you know, like their voice, whatever it is. Like, oh my my nose, it's horrible. It's ugly looking. You know, whatever it is, right? They're uncomfortable with themselves, and so they look for that comfortability, that uh, admiration and love that they don't get from themselves. They look for that other places, like a, a partner or whatever it is. And because that ends up happening, what ends up happening because of that is the relationship becomes about expectation. It's like, I love you, you know, Please love me like I need somebody to love me. It's a, it's a need. 
It's why you have needs. The reason why needs exist is because you're not aware of them. You're not, you haven't learned to become comfortable with yourself and attune yourself to yourself. I know it sounds weird to say it that way, but that's kind of what you have to learn how to do. And this, this is not going to be done in 30 minutes. It's going to take you years to do this if you haven't done this. Um, you might be like, well, David, why, why do I want to do this? It's, it's, if it's going to take me years to do, like it sounds really dumb and uncomfortable to do, like why do this, right? What's, what's the point of doing this? Well, number one is there's a, there's a, a deep uh, level of not needing anything that happens over, over, like I said, years. Because you become comfortable with yourself. You become attuned to yourself. You become loving to yourself by doing this. You've been able to become attuned to what you really are, which makes you more confident, at least within yourself. You're less self-conscious. You're less anxious. Um, you're less... You know, because the thing that I think this also does, and this is something that I've noticed myself, this is something that... I don't know if this is going to be absolutely true for you. I know a lot of these are going to be pretty true for most people. But one of the things I've also noticed is that by doing this, I've actually learned to... I've actually been like, become able to attune to more wisdom. See, the thing the thing you need to learn uh, and, and understand about wisdom and, and knowledge and shit like this is that if you aren't looking to self-experience and experience and things like this and attuning yourself to those things and becoming... Uh, aware of the, the wisdoms and truths that you're trying to embody in everyday life and becoming aware of how they are interacting with and are shaping and are creating the self as, as, as it is changing and whatnot, you're not really going to understand the wisdoms that are, that are offered to you. You're not going to really even be able to make sense of them because you're not attuned to yourself. You think the answer to... Life's problems is out there somewhere. Oh, if I you know, meet a guru somewhere, I'll be enlightened. You know, if I if I uh, go see a, a a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever, they'll fix me and they'll give me pills or something to deal with my you know anxiety or depression. <laughs> but that's that's not that's exactly be the reason why your anxiety and depression is happening. The reason why you're not confident, the reason why you're, is because you're not, you haven't learned to attune to yourself. You have to learn to attune to yourself. This is almost a fundamental skill. Nobody teaches you how to do this either because you, they, you just automatically assume that you've already done this. But you actually haven't done this. In, in most cases, I'd say most people probably haven't done this. I don't know, like even, I don't even think introverts have even completely done this, to be honest with you. Like this, you might think this be something that introverts are good at doing, and they're better at doing it, but they're not, 
absolutely good at doing it either. You know, especially if they're more anxious and self-conscious about themselves. Um, and so the introvert might not be spending himself time with himself and attuning t- to himself, but might be doing other things, introverted things like reading or writing or you know whatever it might be that he's doing or she is doing whatever it is. But the introvert kind of has a head start and on this a little bit, you know, especially certain kinds of introverts probably have more of a head start on this than others as well. Um, You know, this is really something that I've been trained to teach all of us here with these episodes. And I think this is something that probably should be done um, more as we go on here. But anyways. So why does it do this? Why does it keep you... Why does it uh, lower your anxieties and your self-consciousness? And uh, why is it increase confidence and wisdom and things like this? Well. To... Kind of understand that you have to understand what, what is uh, self consciousness in the first place and anxiety. Uh, a lot of people, you know, because the word self consciousness gives you a wrong impression. It's not actually about you at all. I mean, it kind of is, but it's not. It's not really completely about you. What it really is about is like how you relate to others. Like, oh, I said that. Th- I said something that was embarrassing, like, I wonder what they think of me now, like, oh, no, you know. But that's not really about you. It's about their reaction to you. That's not about you. Um, you Anxiety is usually not about you in the present moment, you. It's about you in the future, you, or whatever it might be. Depression, same thing. Past. Instead of present, though. And so, it's about becoming aware in the present moment of you. And becoming comfortable with that. Becoming attuned to what whatever that is. Because the thing is, you don't actually know what that is. I'd say most people don't really know what that is. Like, I mean, I don't even want to give you a, an extreme number. But, like, I feel like 88 to, like, 90... Eight, let's say eighty-eight to ninety-nine percent of people don't actually haven't actually learned how to do this because it's not it's not it's not something that you can teach somebody. You, I can't say teach you how to attune to yourself. Because that's that's something that you're going to have to do yourself. I can't teach you this magical formula that that goes, oh, you are this. Become aware of that. Become aware of your thoughts, whatever it is. Um, And so really what you're looking to do is, so the way that I do this, and this is going to be different for you depending on what you're 
how you want to do this. But the way that I usually do this is, and we'll get into the, why this relates to needs as, as well in a minute. But the way that I do this is, and we'll get more into the needs as well, as far as that goes. As well, but anyways, the way that I do this is, I, I um, take some time away from everything. I usually even uh, stop listening to whatever music I'm listening to or reading. I stop reading. I stop reading. Stop doing all of it and just put everything down. Put the phone down. Put whatever it is that I'm doing down. And just sit and just kind of be with myself for a while. Usually like in half an hour or more is usually sufficient. If not more. Or three hours sometimes. Whatever whatever comes up, comes up. You know, uh, I don't usually even meditate. Like, people talk about like, oh, you should sit in silence and meditate. I don't think that's even completely necessary, to be honest with you. Um, because when you're doing that, what's end up, what you end up having happen is... You're not actually attuning to yourself, and you're actually like doing the opposite thing. It's it's still helpful to meditate. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the same thing. So you have to learn what you do is you you take thirty minutes. You you uh you can calendar block it or whatever you want to do. Doesn't matter. Uh, so you take the thirty minutes, and you just sit and you just kind of become aware of what's going on. Um, you just notice your thoughts, whatever it is. You don't even have to notice your thoughts. Just, just sit and just let whatever happen with your thoughts happen, with your emotions, whatever it is. You can notice it if you want, but it's really just about becoming comfortable with yourself as you actually are. See, the problem that, that you have is... And this is true about when it comes to others as well. But the problem that you have is you have this idealized version of self that you call you. And like, oh, why am I not this? No, like, I, I, I'm not pretty enough or I'm not strong enough or I'm not confident enough or whatever it is. And then you match everything that you see up to this idealized version. And then you do the same thing with others. Now, if you're lucky, that idealized version isn't questioned at first. But eventually, you notice where the idealized version it doesn't match reality. And you go, no, why is this person you know, not like this? This is not the person that I loved. And the person that you loved was not the, the real person anyways. It was the idealized person. Um, and this, like these idealized versions are based on your needs. You have an idealized version of reality. You have an idealized version of like what government should be, whatever that is. If you are into politics, you have an idealized version of all kinds of things. And you can become aware of all those. So why does, why does the tuning to yourself Reduce needs. What does that? What does that actually do? Well, 
what it actually does is it basically helps you basically what you do when you're doing this basically what what this is doing is because you're becoming comfortable with yourself you don't necessarily need anything else to happen anymore the reason why you have needs is because you you have these like idealized versions of reality and what I call the fantasy buttons, which is like all the fantasies that you have about reality and others and things like this. Like, oh, this person is so beautiful and things like this. Um, and so when you learn to attune to yourself more and more, you start seeing the idealized versions less and less. Because the reason why the idealized versions are so strong is because you're not actually aware of the you're, you are aware of the uh, discrepancies between them, but only in a sort of mental, emotional way. You're not in an actual awareness-based way. Um, you know, becoming... You know, it's not enough to notice something and then think about it for a little bit. You have to notice it for a little bit more than just like a second to which is usually what happens you notice the where the discrepancies happen you notice that for like a second and then you get depressed or annoyed or whatever it is about this like oh no this is happening like why why is this you know whatever it is and if you use awareness you become aware of yourself when you're doing that as well you start realizing the insanity of literally complaining and you know, moaning and, and whining about how your idealized versions of reality and yourself and others and whatever don't match with reality. It's insanity, but we do it in our heads. You might, we might try to like, tell me like, no, David, I don't do that, like, I guarantee you, like, there's been one time in your life where something happened, and this is what I'm talking about, right? Something happens. Let's say a loud noise happens. You get annoyed. You get angry. Like, this is annoying. This loud noise shouldn't be happening. You might even be complaining about it out loud to another person. What is this but an idealized version of reality not matching up to reality? You have an idealized version of reality saying this noise should, uh, this the the world should be quiet, whatever it is, and you don't you're not actually aware of this very well much. If you're aware of it, you're aware of it like dimly. It's not very strong in you, and you're not aware of the discrepancies, and you're not aware of the uh, reactions to those discrepancies. Or if you are, it's not. It's very dim. It's not absolute. Uh, in this way. And so, yeah, like you're... <clears throat> and that's why you have needs. Your needs are you attempting to fulfill your idealized version 
of reality. Your idealized versions of reality are based on needs. Desires, loves, longings, whatever it is. Needs. What are you going to call it? And this is why we need to learn how to not need as much as possible. Not We don't need to learn how to not need, but like, it's important to learn how to not do this. Because the act of needing something, and you can become aware of this, it's very deep, it's almost physical, but the act of needing something is, is so strong, it's more of a physical and a mental and emotional response. In some sense, it's actually worse than an addiction because you know, at least with an addiction, you can actually become aware of the addiction. Usually with needs, the needs are so buried beneath all the f- words about the needs. Like, I want, I love, I long, you know, that you're not actually aware of those needs very much. Especially in a uh, felt sense kind of way. You're aware of the emotions that are causing the needs. You're aware of the Thoughts that are causing the needs, whatever it is. But you're not aware of the needs themselves. Emotions are not necessarily the same thing as needs, in this case. They are sort of related, but they're not quite the same thing. And so, yeah, we have to learn how to not be needed. Not need anything. This is the most important, this is the most powerful thing you can learn how to do. And, you know, like, like I've talked about before, the one rule I think this, that applies to this is don't go against something, go towards something else. Um, say, for instance, like if you feel like you need a... Uh, Let's say it's a need that you don't really want to engage in, but you had this need, you have this desire, whatever it is. And there are there are certain differences between a desire and a need. We can get into it a little bit, but let's say you had this need that 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 is uh, for a, a drug or whatever, or whatever it is, right? What do you do? So don't go against the need. Don't resist the need. Go towards something else. What is it that you want? You need a comp- competing interest, something that you're absolutely uh, into doing, want to do in life. Do it. Don't think about it. Don't try to like plan it out because the, the more that you do that, the more you're going to not do it. Because your thoughts, your mind is the past. And the past is kind of making its presence known in the present. It's making decisions in the present. Like, I want this. I love this. I love you. I love, you know, chocolate, whatever it is. Um, And then it does things based on those needs and loves and wants and whatever it is. Um... And so the goal of 
going towards something else is not to destroy the need because that need's still going to be there. That desire might even still be there once you're done doing this thing. But the more that you go towards the other thing, whatever it is, or the other things in uh, plural, and in, in, if that's what it takes, the less that desire or need is going to you know, be as strong, whatever it is. And of course, I think the other element of this as well is what I call self-attunement. Self-awareness, uh, I guess. But it's really just about becoming comfortable with yourself. It's even about becoming comfortable, becoming used to that feeling of the, the addiction or the desire or the need or whatever it is. Because the reason why the needs and the desires and the addictions are so strong is because you feel those and they feel uncomfortable if you don't do anything about them and so you do something about them. It's a knee-jerk, it's almost like a knee-jerk reaction, especially if they're very strong. And so that's why becoming comfortable with yourself, attuning yourself to yourself is, is so important. <clears throat> And so yeah, those just needs are not going to be, you know, it because once you, you know, once you almost learn, you have to learn how to just sit with things. You know, in our in our in our society, we don't know how to like sit with things. Like we feel bored, we have to do something about that boredom. We feel. Uh, tired, we have to do something about that. You know, get get a cup of coffee, whatever. If we feel anxious, we have to take a pill or whatever it is. Nothing wrong with doing those things. But <coughs> what I'm telling you is that if you actually want to become self-attuned, you have to become comfortable with just sitting with those things. It doesn't have to even be very long, like, 10, 15, 20, or 30 seconds. Not very long. Even a minute. You like, usually, I don't even do it for a minute. Like, 20, 30 seconds at the most. <coughs> and just sitting there with it. Not needing to do anything about them. Just noticing they're there. And staying within that. For instance, like, you notice you're angry... You stay aware of that anger for like 10, 20, 30 seconds as it's, ha as it's happening. That's the beginning levels of self-attunement. Of course, that's kind of like the very f sort of minimal stages, like the first stages. Um, of sorts. It's not really a stage, but that's the first, best way I can explain it, I guess. But really, self-attunement is just like you're, you're stepping away from needing to do, 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 do all the time. And you just be with yourself. You don't have to do anything. But, but you see, we have this society where, like, everything has to be done. Like, we have to do something. If, we don't, if we're not doing something, we feel guilty. We feel 
like bored or anxious or like antsy, like something wrong is happening if we're not doing something. That's a that's a society that we are kind of raised in if you're in the West, in the United States and, and whatnot. Um probably even all over the world in some ways, because it's it is more of a mind phenomenon in some ways. But um The goal is not to get to a certain uh, destination. Like, oh, my goal is to sit with myself for 30 minutes. If you're going to do that, you're going to fail. It's not even about setting a timer for 30 minutes and just sitting there for 30 minutes and just letting whatever happened happen. You don't set a timer. You don't need to set a timer. It doesn't really have to be for 30 minutes. I recommend 30 minutes because that, that's usually long enough to kind of get the ball rolling. Because usually what happens, what I notice is that for like the first five minutes, like you, you're, you don't really know what to do with yourself, especially if you haven't done this very much at all. Then for like the next five minutes, your, your, your body starts moving, your mind starts kind of going. Your mind, your, your, not your body. Sorry, your mind starts moving a little bit more. It's kind of becoming more aware of itself, more comfortable with itself, and starts, and what, and more comfortable with what you're doing, and so it starts going again. But it's like, oh, it's it's kind of watching me now. Like, should I, should I do these things? You know, this kind of thing. And then for like the next ten minutes, for ten minutes to twenty minutes. Um, for the next ten uh, minutes from. Uh, we're getting into uh, 20 minutes now. At that point, the mind is a little bit more. It's got the ball rolling more. And then 20 minutes on to about, I don't know. It, it depends on how long you've done this. But 20 minutes on to, I'd say, it depends, but an hour to three uh, your mind will just kind of go and go and go and go and go. It, it won't necessarily even be very neurotic. It won't necessarily be like, oh, no, go, I'm so angry, I'm so annoyed, whatever it is. It'll just kind of like be doing random shit. It might just be creating, it might just be like doing episodes in its head or it might just be creating music or something in its head or it might just be like thinking of funny jokes or something like this. And you're just being with that as it's happening. But the thing is that we've gotten so used to doing something that you're not really going to know what to do. You're going to like get stuck in doing again. Like, oh, I'm doing again. And you're going to have to become aware of that. Well, you don't have to become aware of it. Just become, you know, just be with that while, while that's happening as well. It's kind of a interesting phenomenon as that happens but uh, yeah that's that's self-attunement basically you're just becoming aware I mean you're not even just even becoming aware you're just like letting whatever happened happen if awareness happens that there that's great if it doesn't it doesn't really matter that's not really even the point the point is just to become comfortable with yourself as you are Without the idealized versions, without the 
I can't stand you versions, whatever it is. I mean, isn't that what you want in some ways in a relationship anyways? Like somebody who listens to you, somebody who uh, lets you be heard, somebody who understands you, somebody who wants you to be happy, wants you to be healthy, whatever it is. That's what you're doing for yourself. You don't actually need another person for this. You might want that. And we can get into like needs versus wants in a second, but that's not something that you necessarily need. And you can f find that eventually you don't actually need that another person to give you this. You can give yourself this. So before I get into before I end this episode because it is getting kind of long here, what is the difference between a need? And a desire or a want or whatever. Um, and I think the answer is strength and, well, I don't, so I, I would say the, the difference I think is, is there's a couple of uh, elements. One of them is strength. With the needs, it's much stronger. It's much more buried in a lot of ways. The other element I think as well is, is like I said, the idealized versions. Like with need, there's a lot of like imagination and fantasy buttons and stuff like this that are involved. And you can become aware of those, right? Um, versus like a desire or one is like, I want ice cream, but do I need ice cream, right? Versus like, I need... some time to alone or I need some I need some music or I need you know, like it's it's more it's almost more physical a need is more physical in some ways and I don't, I don't even mean physical as in like sexual I mean like bodily physical I mean emotions are physical as it is but very bodily but needs I think you're even more so in some ways they're like very like fundamental to the human body because the body needs the body needs Warmth and, and shelter and food and things like this. So, like, you could call those, like, the first basic needs. Um, and we can get into that when it comes to, like, tier one. You know, like, beige would be, like, the first basic needs. And then purple and red and so on and so forth. Um, until you get to tier two, where... You know, with yellow, and we're talking here about spiral dynamics. If you if you want to know more about spiral dynamics, I want to do more episodes on this in the future. But you can search for it on YouTube or on Spotify. I did a couple episodes myself, um, and I want to do more in the future. But, um, you know, with tier two, it's a bit different. There isn't, there is no need in the same way. There's no. There might be like desires, there might be like things that you want to do or whatever, but there's no like absolute necessities and needs in this way. Okay.
because needs are more of like a, a, a tier one aspect. In a lot of ways, um, and not not completely, but in some ways, the uh, spiral is somewhat similar to uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Not completely, honestly, because there's a lot of differences. But I think there is a lot a lot of that Maslow's hierarchy of needs doesn't get right, anyways. I mean, there's a lot of that I think is correct about it. Don't get me wrong, but it's just basically like the tip of the iceberg when it comes to a lot of this. Um, it's just very general, which is good. It's it's not wrong, but it's it's very general and it it misses a lot of things. That like, the the higher up you get within the needs spectrum of um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the more detailed and more uh, convoluted and even corrupting that it gets, actually. Um, anyways, I think I'm going to end it there. There really isn't much more that I can go into. Um, it's about a f almost 50 minutes, actually. <laughs> I didn't realize how long this is going to be, but I think it was worth doing it this long because I went into a lot of detail and a lot of understandings about need and, and, and wants and, and self-attunement and stuff like this. So, hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you in the next one.